This is Fall on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast Podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and I'm joined by my guy, Andrew Webster, fresh off a trip from Philly. Webby, what is good? Oh, man, I had the best time down in Philadelphia. <laughs> I was there I was there for a buddy's bachelor party. Yeah. Uh, I left town. I'm in London, Ontario. I left town mm-hmm. on Friday morning, mm-hmm. came back Monday night, and we... We did it all. We were at the game. We'll, we'll we get were, to it. We'll, we'll, don't worry. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. That's a I bit made, of a tease, for, I was gonna say, as you say made, in the biz, right? I made a cameo. Uh, it was good. <laughs> it was good. Lots going on. And of course, yes, Webby, you did make a cameo on Saturday. We made an emergency call. As I knew that you were in Philly, made the emergency call to you because there was big news in the NBA. The Jimmy Butler saga was finally over. I guess yeah. in Minnesota at least, but just beginning in Philadelphia. So we called you on Saturday as a part of our Wrap It Up podcast, Raps Post Game Show, and it was great. You know, it was a great conversation. Uh, tune into that, you know, peoples, if you're listening to this, and you want to hear the the instant reaction, let's say, from a Sixers fan live from Philly. And it was know? literally like instant reaction. I mean, it had happened, what, <laughs> a couple of hours before we had enough time to get a cheesesteak. Oh, like, yeah. Literally. Like, I think that there was a blunt pass to me during the, <laughs> during, during the show. It was fantastic. The beauty of it, right? Like, people think when I say unpolished and unapologetic, yes, it is a push a T line. But it sums up what we do here on the On Blast podcast. Perfect. We keep it real. We keep it real. I, I wasn't even sure if it was going to work. Right? <laughs> like, I think this is, I'm looking at Beals, I'm like, I think this is going to work, but let's try it out live on the air. Right? As we're, like, live streaming. And, hey, we brought the news to the people. That's what we try to do, right? Have those conversations, those real conversations right in the moment. And of course, that's what we try to do here each and every week on the Ball on Blast podcast, where we break down all the goings-ons in the NBA. So we start off each week with a little thing called the turn up or turn down segment. And it's very simple. We make a hot take and it's either turn up, which equals good, or turn down, which equals bad. Very simple, right, kids? I I, I get it. I get it. (laughs) So... Big, big news in the NBA this week. It's like Jimmy Butler saga comes to an end. It's like, oh, what are we going to talk about now? And then here come the (laughs) Golden State Warriors. (laughs) Shouts to Draymond Green. But, Webby, this is a hot take here. Draymond Green will be the end of the Warriors dynasty. Turn up or turn down. Uh, Now, before you answer, I have a question for you. I need some clarification on this. So there's a lot going on with the Warriors, right? People were people were wondering, like, is this the beginning of the end? Because there is a lot that went down. And we got to start off with a game that they played earlier this week. They're playing against the Clippers, which doesn't really matter. But for the context of this conversation, the drama of the conversation, which if you're listening to this podcast, you know I'm here for you're all here for the, the drama, drama, right? You are here for the drama. So I guess the best way to describe it is Draymond basically pulls a modern-day uh, Carlton Banks 
where the rebound pops <laughs> off. There's 10 seconds left. Draymond basically takes the rebound away from Durant, looks him off as Durant's waiting for the ball. Again, tie game, 10 seconds left. Draymond dribbles the ball up the floor and then proceeds to just trip over himself as the clock winds out and the game goes to overtime. Now, again, Warriors end up losing an OT, but before this overtime starts, both guys head to the bench and then an argument ensues and the cameras are there to see it all go down. And these guys are heated, right? They're going back and forth. And Webby, I'm just going to kind of go through this. So if there's anything that pops up, stop me. Just don't hesitate okay. to jump in, okay? Can I jump in right away? Of course you can. Of course you can. Where was, where, where was the coach? <laughs> That's a great question. I saw the video. I watched the video. You know who I didn't see there? Steve Kerr. Or Mike Brown. Uh, you know what else I didn't see? The fact that once Draymond looks off Kevin Durant, if I'm Steve Kerr, I might want to call a timeout. Yeah, <laughs> right? 100%. Like, but hey, I'll let the, the, the greatest coach in the history of basketball, I'll, I'll, I'll let, him, let him slide here for a minute because there's more juice to get to here, right? So, now, Just my only other quick observation mm -hmm. in this clip, a lot of clapping. A lot of people are clapping. Yes. Andre Iguodala is clapping. <laughs> the assistant coaches are clapping. Um, They're trying to, I guess, drown out Draymond. I think, or, I think I Boogie's know. clapping, right? Boogie's in there yeah. being the peacemaker. So these guys Looking are, fresh. it's getting heated, right? These guys are going back and forth at each other in the huddle. And because, you know, great reporters in the NBA, right? If something goes down in the NBA, we always find out what happens in a lot of detail, Right. Like, I feel like this anonymous player or sources say is such yeah. a thing in the NBA that we find out everything. And so I turned to Marcus Thompson of The Athletic, right? And he had a pretty solid breakdown of what happened. So essentially, this is from The Athletic, Marcus Thompson. He says, Green took exception to how Durant addressed him. The exact dialogue couldn't be recounted as it was said, but it began with Green immediately firing back. Quote, who the fuck you talking to? <laughs> Amazing. According to multiple sources, Green then went on to make it clear that he's been making plays for years. He reminded Durant the Warriors were winning before Durant showed up, so he wouldn't stand for Durant talking to him as if he was a scrub. Green accused Durant of making the whole season about him, even though he was going to leave after the season. Green let out his frustrations about how Durant has handled free agency, keeping his options open and keeping the story alive, consuming the Warriors and their season with talk of what Durant will do next. Woo! Here we are, Webby. Now, that's off the backs of another report in which someone was saying that Draymond repeatedly kept calling Durant a bitch. <laughs> uh oh. Well, yeah, the reports, you could see it when they went back out onto the court. <laughs> so in this moment, right, where this all transpires, the huddle's going crazy, you see Kevin Durant and Draymond going back and forth, people are getting in the middle of it, people are trying to read Durant's lips as if he's saying, all right, I'm out of here, or this is why I'm out. Is that what yeah, the lip yeah, readers were trying people, to say? People thought that's what he was saying, this is why I'm out of here. At this point right here, in this in this portion of the dialogue webby my first question to you whose side are you on in this durant or draymond at this point right here well 
I do agree with Draymond that Durant can be a little bitch sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Mm-hmm. You mean, hold also, on, you mean you agree with Draymond and Russ? And Russ, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and most of the state of Oklahoma as well. <laughs> yes. Um, now, my other thing here is, the, even though I think that, I think Draymond, I think this whole situation mm-hmm. isn't as big as what people are making out to be. I agree with this, that. This is a game in November mm-hmm. against the L.A. Clippers. You're, it doesn't matter that they lost this game. They're still one of the best teams in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. They're, they're full of big personalities on this team, Draymond being the biggest. But what happened was Draymond felt embarrassed. Yes. Draymond, Draymond knew he was in the wrong, knew he should have passed up that ball. Knew like He embarrassed himself right in the middle of the court on the last shot of the game. Yeah. So, of course, Durant's going to say something like, bro, I was open. You should have passed me the ball. Yeah. But then Draymond's such of that personality that it just lets it get to him, and he's going to speak his mind. They're going to get into it. This is – I don't understand why people are – there's literally a meme of these two yelling at each other from last year. Yeah, it's one of the greatest memes. Well, the one where uh, Draymond's like, like pointing at his, his chest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're right about this, right? Like. When it happened, when it was going down and all these multiple stories kept coming out, I was enjoying the juice, but I also said that, you know, we were talking about it at work, right? And I was saying, in a couple of days, these guys are going to make, like, another Fergie-type video where they're just, like, joking around on Instagram, and then the story's going to be over, right? But as of now, I just love the context of what's going down in terms of KD being mad that Draymond didn't pass him the ball and Draymond being like, yo, man, like, slow your roll here. I like that. But hold on. There's an even bigger problem, at, but it's for the Warriors. Okay. Because get this, all right? Obviously, we know Durant is going to be a free agent at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. He's not He's not signed a deal with the Warriors yet. But yeah. that's not just it, okay? You've got Clay, who's up at the end of this year as well. Yes. Nobody's really talking about him, him leaving, but I think that's probably a better possibility or an equal possibility is Durant leaving as well. Here's the other thing, is at the end of next season, Draymond's going to be free agent. Yep. Okay, now what did the Warriors do when this happened? They got freaked out and they suspended Draymond without pay for one game. And that's the part that I'm not down with. And I Draymond is that, actually trying to file a grievance on that right now, right? He's filing a grievance with the team that he's on mm-hmm. a year before his free agency. Yeah. This and, is, uh, I think this... I think that this situation got blown up by the media so much that the team overreacted to this. I agree with that because we've heard stories of this happening before, right? There was a game in Oklahoma City where, remember, it was, I think it was, had to be an ABC game. And Lisa Salters was reporting from outside the locker room saying that she could hear Draymond basically cussing out Steve Kerr in the locker room, and then the players all told us this happened. Steve Kerr acknowledged that it happened, and that, hey, that's just Draymond, that's happened sometimes, this is why we're champions, blah, 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 and they swept it under the rug, right? So we also, if you go back to, I think we talked about it on this podcast as well, right? Steph Curry's interview with Bill Simmons. Do you remember that? Steph Curry told the story, because Simmons asked him, uh, give us a Draymond story, right? And Steph Curry basically told the story about Draymond cussing out Steve Kerr during practice, basically giving him MFers and telling him, stop over coaching, stop over coaching. To Kerr's response just being, well, that's kind of my job. That's kind of why I'm here, right? But the fact remains, this is a reoccurring thing 
during this era, Draymond being Draymond. So I agree with you. The fact that this happened now, it got blown out of proportion. And you said it started because Draymond was embarrassed. I think maybe it continued because KD is embarrassed because Draymond struck a chord with them, right? And yeah, well, that's the thing about Draymond is that like a guy who talks that much shit is mm-hmm. talking that much shit because he's good at it. He knows knows exactly the buttons to press with KD. He knows exactly the buttons to press with his own teammates, with his own coach, and Mm -hmm. with the opponents around the league. Like, he's good at that. So, of course, and Durant, as I mentioned, I think, you know, a little sensitive. And Mm -hmm. so, of course, he took it a little more personally than I'm sure Draymond's used to people taking it. But I still think the people in the wrong here are, and I don't know if it's Kerr or if it's, more uh, front office in suspending a guy for doing what he does. Well, you're right about that. But I also think they're just super worried as well because these are the stakes. It's not just about whether or not KD leaves or not, but they can't have KD leave and go to the Lakers. So I think that's why the front office is so, like they were so quick to overreact here because they're going to do everything in their power to try to keep Durant, right? And the money, who knows how the money's going to work out. Steph already got his. Draymond said that he wants the max, right? Yeah. So and there's Clay, not enough. Clay, you don't think anybody's going to give Clay the max? Right. So there's not enough money to go around for all of these guys, right? So it's going to have to be all of these guys coming together to, to take less if they're going to stay together. But the word is already out that Kevin Durant is basically leaving. No? Well, I don't know if leaving is definite. I would say that Kevin Durant is doing what all smart professional athletes should do, which is keep his options open. Well, here's the thing. I liken this to the fact that we were hearing about LeBron James leaving and going to L.A. for at least a full year and a half before it actually happened, right? Right, right. This Durant thing, when you go back and listen to his, uh, what's the guy's name? I I feel like his name's Rich Kleiman. I could be pronouncing that oh, wrong. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he's yeah. basically like the businessman. Yeah, his, like, manager or whatever. Yeah, right? Like, when you listen to that interview with Bill Simmons, and you know that this guy's a really big Knicks fan, talks about how much, how important it is for the Knicks to be good in the NBA and what that just means to the city, what that could mean to someone's brand. Like, you hear him talk about those things. You think about Durant's career in terms of how sensitive he was to the fact that when he came to Golden State, people don't re- a lot of people, a lot of people, I'm not saying everybody, but there's a huge segment of sports fans that don't rate these championships for Kevin Durant, rightly or wrongly. Clearly, it struck a chord with them because, as we bring up all the time, he's arguing with fans on Twitter. Right. right? He's a little so, sensitive. Yeah. So how do you shut that noise up? Well, you try to put another team on the map, right? If you go to if he goes and wins with the Knicks, there's nothing anyone could ever say. Like he's hater proof, right? Kind of right. like LeBron going back to Cleveland and winning there. Hater proof for right. the most part. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of talk that's already out there that just seems a little too real. And so for Draymond to bring that up, that just solidifies to me when I heard Draymond bring that up, that solidified to me the talk that Draymond's out here like wait a second, bro, you could dead this noise right now if you really wanted to, but you're not doing it. So we're all kind of in limbo. And maybe the reason why Draymond's sensitive about it is because really you're messing with his money as well. No, 
No, I don't think so. Draymond's going to get paid regardless. They Is could, he, though? Yeah, they could literally lose in the first round of the playoffs, which they won't. They'll obviously make it really, really deep. That Draymond's money, everybody on that team, that big three of Curry, mm-hmm. Clay, Draymond, their money is is waiting for them. But here's the thing, though. If they have to choose, which I think we kind of saw with how this played out, if if the if all things are equal and KD says he wants to come back, but he wants the max, but they got to pay Draymond the max, they're not. They can't afford to pay all these guys. Yeah, so I, I they're choosing KD over Draymond. No, I don't. Well, yeah, obviously, but that's the thing. I don't think Draymond feels much loyalty to Golden State, and now I think it's gotten even worse. Like Draymond doesn't catch me as the kind of guy who's going to be loyal, maybe even take a pay cut to stay anywhere. Except maybe, well, he thinks he already did take the pay cut, right? Like he That's why he's... Well, because he's a second-round pick, right? For sure. But, I mean, even the last contract he signed, right? It was like a five-year, 82 mil, I think right. it was. But he left a bunch of money on the table. But at the same time, since, he's just become Defensive Player of the Year. Also, if I'm Draymond, I feel a ways because I'm the one that got KD to come to Golden State. Right? Like, that's a part of this is very funny as well. Because as much as Draymond's chirping KD, like, yo, we won without you, he was the one, like, if we go back to the story and as it's told, they lose in the finals in game seven to the Cavs. And then Draymond's in the parking lot after game seven on the phone with KD saying, hey, we need you. Right. Right? So it, there's so many layers to this story that made it so interesting to me. And the fact that, you know, today, at the time that we're taping this, it's Thursday. So earlier on Thursday, obviously there's the photo op, Katie and Draymond walking in together. You know, the, it's them shooting at the same basket right. when, you know what I mean, for the cameras and all that's there. But to me, a lot of things happened here that had to cut deep, right? Like you have the unnamed source again from that Marcus Thompson article saying, uh, quote, with what was said, there's already no way Durant is coming back. Yeah. The only hope is that they can say this summer, see, KD, we've got your back. We protected you from Draymond. Like, that's not coming out of nowhere. Like, that's from an anonymous player on the team. Also, Webby, and I don't know, this could be an early look at our Feed Me segment. Okay. Did you catch Kevin Durant's brother on Instagram? No, I did not. A quick look here on Instagram because, hey, in this modern NBA, apparently we always got to keep up with not only players' Instagrams, but also siblings of NBA yeah, players Instagram. That's the new that's the new trend, right, in the NBA. <laughs> so at T Durant says, true colors ain't hard to see when someone is mad. It's so much more clearer now. LOL. Instead of competing with what's already written, just follow along before the greatness is done rubbing off on you and people see you for what you really are. Yo. Jeez. <laughs> that's yo, again. Instead of competing with what's already written, just follow along before the greatness is done rubbing off on you and people see you for what you really are. What does that mean? No. Right? Doesn't that sound as if he's calling Draymond a scrub? Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. That's, no? That's, yeah. And maybe Kevin Durant can call you a scrub. But if you're Kevin Durant's brother, <laughs> I don't think you can be calling Draymond Green a scrub. I, yo. I don't think that's cool, man. And and so that's what I mean. I think, you know, at first, I didn't think this was a big deal. I thought, you know, whatever, they had an argument. We've seen them yell before. But I think real things were said here. And 
no doubt this will affect things going forward. I think it was already coming to an end. So I don't think that it's like, I'm not saying that Durant's leaving because of this. I'm saying this is adding to it because no. I think he was already out. I think, but now you add in this no, drama this and like all, real things being said. Nah, I mean, bro. Again, it's November and it's one game. They're still at the top of the standings. I think that it, this might have made it real to the Warriors that that, that this is. Mm-hmm. But like you say, this is going to happen regardless. He's gonna. That's what I'm he's saying. He's gonna leave regardless, and Clay is gonna leave regardless. Ooh. Ooh. And and honestly, right? at the end of next year, Draymond Green is gonna leave. Oh wow! I mean, they got to keep someone though, right? Because they're yeah, moving would, into that you, big you would thing. Think that it would... They got to keep someone with Steph. Yeah, but if they're smart, like these guys are all gonna command maximum money. Like you're gonna yeah. have to make a choice of keeping the team relevant. If you try to hang on to what you have, or what you had the last three four years, and don't change. You're gonna end up screwing yourself, and if you're gonna, I think they keep. I think they end up keeping Clay and Draymond, and Steph. Obviously, I think they keep those guys. You think they keep. Although, do you think they they retain those three? Yeah, I'm willing. Although, I'm willing to bet you that they don't. Well, the interesting part is there's were rumors already that you know they could be in on the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Exactly. That yeah. <laughs> but see if that if that happens, then I'm right. Then I win this bet because yeah. I, I don't think that all three of those guys are going to be together by the end of. I would say by even next January. Wow, it's interesting, right? And and that's the thing that makes this whole thing to me like again. I'm in, I'm from the camp that I think this is the last year of seeing this team with Kevin Durant. Like I think he's out. This, to me, was Draymond adding credence to all of these rumors. Because the part of this that people are forgetting, right, to me, is that if you go back to when Kevin Durant was with the Thunder still, right? Russell Westbrook was... Part of the reason why Russell Westbrook was so salty about this was because he thought Durant already had these plans in order from the year before. Remember, the photographer outfit was all because... KD was working at the Super Bowl as a photographer, which happened to be in San Francisco. So he stayed there for the weekend. And supposedly that's when he went out for dinner with Draymond. And that's when they think this whole thing was really like put into action, let's say, or first brought up in terms of a real conversation. Right? So like Russ, Russ, Right. Part of the reason why he's salty was that whole dialogue or that narrative that people think that's when this was all brought up. So now put yourself in Draymond's shoes. You know how this went down already. Right. There was no commitment. Right. More than halfway towards the end of your contract being up. There's no commitment. You can kind of see it. Right. You know, plus, you know, the dude, if you're Draymond, you feel like you got to know where this guy's leaning one way or the other. And so maybe if you're Draymond, you think he's out too. So you're using that to kind of like throw that in his face and motivate him and get him going because let's be honest, me and you, Webby, we talk about this all the time. They need stuff like this to happen to like get them through the season, right? The regular season's boring for them. They need stuff like this to kind of kick them in the ass every once in a while. Yeah, and it did. There was something similar to this last season, you know? 
This is a, like mm-hmm. the drama of having these personalities around is ultimately what propels them to stay motivated, right? So you're absolutely right. But that's, again, why I don't think it's the biggest deal. It's like, every, bro, everybody knows Kevin Durant's leaving. Everybody knows <laughs> right? it. Just like everybody knew LeBron was leaving a year and a half ago. Exactly, exactly. It's so true. It's so interesting to me. And I just find this whole thing to be, you know, I'm, even as we see Draymond Green talking today, A, I think making him suspended for one game and him losing over 100 grand, that made him like really mad. But also, too, people think like, oh, his comments today, they're cool. If you listen to the comments that Draymond made today, he didn't apologize, oh, right? He essentially, apologize. he essentially said, this is who I am. This is what made us good. This is what got us championships. And I'm right by doing this more than I'm wrong. This was just one of those instances that I was wrong, right? Like, I love this whole thing because I, I, I love the fact that Draymond is Draymond. And also, what do we, the, the name of this podcast almost should be changed to respect it or check <laughs> it because I feel like Draymond was basically just G checking like, oh, really? You're going to call me out for making a bad play in November against the Clippers? Like, really? This is what we're doing right now? <laughs> check yourself, Yo. right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. A hundred percent. Um. Also to the one last thing I wanted to bring up though was uh, Katie's post game. Did you see that? The reporter's trying to get at Kevin Durant to find out, like... Is this what he just walked right out? And he, walked, he, like, dapped up the guy on the way out? No, this was, like... So, after the game, Kevin Durant's, like... The whole entire media is essentially trying to get Kevin Durant to, you know, talk about what happened with Draymond. Here's some of the back and forth. Have you and Draymond been able to hash anything out? Durant. Nah. <laughs> Then it goes, how would you describe your friendship with Draymond? Seems like you guys were friends even before you became a warrior. Durant, quote, I don't really think that even matters at this point right now. We just had a game. Anybody going to talk about the game? The reporter goes, talk about the game. Durant, quote, ask a question about the game. <laughs> like, the, the NBA is the best. That's all. Like At the end of the day, this isn't going to matter. And I know we just spent a really long time talking about that. But it's because I enjoyed so much of this drama. It's so funny. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. And this is what the NBA is all about. This is why we get together every week to talk about it. Because every week, a couple of times a week, mm-hmm. we get some great stories like this. It's incredible. And, uh, you know, as we move on from our so turn up, turn down segment, I don't even know if we turned up or turned down on that. Draymond will be the demise of the Warriors I'm dynasty. Tur- I'm turning down. I'm turning down on that. I agree, too. I think it's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's out. That will be the end of the Warriors dynasty. It's not yeah. because of what Draymond did here. It's just because he was already going to be out anyways. So we agree. Next up in our turn up, turn down segment, Webby. Former Raptors coach, Dwayne Casey, comes back home. Yeah. And this topic is simple. Dwayne Casey over-celebrated the Pistons' win in Toronto. Webby, turn up or turn down? Turning down on that. Turning down on that. Why? Why should he be less emotional? That was a great win for him. And I'm not saying it's a great win just because it came against the former team, because he was back in. But, again, the way that it was won, those three plays at the end, were it was pretty crazy going back and forth. And I think that being able to celebrate like that as a coach, I mean, you see it all the time with buzzer beaters right at the end, the guys running around, 
jump on each other. I think that it's good for Dwayne Casey to celebrate like that. No, I totally agree with you, Webby. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, when you look at just how things went down with Dwayne Casey, Dwayne Casey's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, one of the nicest people to the media, nicest people in public, nicest people behind the scenes when the cameras aren't around. But he was actually hurt, right? And, like, we need to do a better job in this era of everything, right? Where we give people a chance to have a real reaction to something, to be actually emotional about something. He felt a ways about how things went down in Toronto, right? So of course he's going to come in and in a situation where people said, oh, he's bad at in-game adjustments. He's bad at making calling plays down the stretch. And then he wins in that exact way. Of course he's going to be happy, right? Like, I don't think he over-celebrated because what's over-celebrating? This this was his NBA Finals. The Pistons aren't winning anything this year, right? And and so not only that, but it's not only that he got fired after winning Coach of the Year. It's that he got fired after winning Coach of the Year and they brought in his assistant. And as we, uh, I think it was Michael Grange wrote in his article, part of the thing of why Casey was kind of feeling a ways or in his feelings i'll say to keep the toronto narrative going part of the reason why casey casey salty is because he didn't hear from nick nurse throughout this whole entire process and i can kind of understand why that would make you feel some type of way right i got you do you know what i'm saying so i think it's, it's cool i i i enjoyed it you know, for me, I don't know how most Raptors fans feel. We did the the I, the. I, listen, I'm sure the Raptors fans were, were were delighted about this. You know, not only do you have, I mean, in the change from Casey to what the Raptors are now, in that short change, I'm sure that the Raptors, every time you gave them a choice, would you rather have Dwayne Casey or have the lineup the way it is right now with Kawhi Leonard? I'm sure that they would take the lineup as it is constructed now with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, and then wish Dwayne Casey well on his way. Yeah. You know, and he's still doing a great job coaching. And I, I think that's what was nice about that, that Casey's celebration didn't seem really like it was showing up the Raptors at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think so much of it was, I, I said this last night on our post game show, Webby, and I'll say it again here because obviously it's not like the same people are listening, but my point is, the Raptors have bigger fish to fry, right? Like your your uh-huh. goals are are making the NBA Finals or making a deep run in the playoffs. The Pistons are hopefully if they make the playoffs, that's a win for them, right? So this moment for Dwayne Casey means so much more than anything that's happening with the Raptors right now, especially with Kawhi Leonard still not a hundred percent, still working yeah. his way back to being one of the top five players in the league as you see down the stretch he dribbles a ball off his foot i think they're just some basketball gods at work as well right like hey I, i'm a sports guy i believe in that right like i believe in the sports gods the basketball gods the baseball gods i i i believe in a lot of that right and so seeing how that game played out again mentioning the the things that people brought up as negatives in terms of how Dwayne Casey managed his team and seeing him yeah. come through and drop not one but two game-winning plays at the end of the game, inserting Jose Calderon to make not one but two game-winning passes, right? To me, that was cool to see. And so for one night, hey, have yours, get yours, Dwayne Casey, be happy, you know? I'm happy for him. 
So that's what I thought that the turn up, turn down question was going to be was, uh, are we sure that Jose Calderon is still in the NBA? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, bro, that guy's got to be like 50 years old now. He's still in the NBA. It's incredible. And the funny part is he still has the exact same game that he had like 10 100%. years ago. Nothing's changed. The whole entire NBA's changed. The Raptors have had like two other faces of the franchise since. Jose Calderon still here balling the exact same here's, way. It's amazing. Here's the thing about Jose Calderon. Coaches love him. True. Exactly. Right? Just a pro's pro. So, yeah, we both turned down. Dwayne Casey did not over-celebrate. We're here for the celebrations, right? 100%. Uh, moving on, I think, Webby, you might be a little fired up for our next turn-up, turn-down topic because Ooh. it involves your Philadelphia 76ers. Oh. As mentioned. 0-1 with Jimmy Butler. What's the problem? Hey, that's, that's all right. I mean, <laughs> who knows, right? Who, you can only hope to contain Terrence Ross, right? That, yo, come on. <laughs> Listen, they gave up a 19, they gave up a 19-0 run. They deserve to lose the game. Right? Um, So the next turn up, turn down. The next hot take is the Sixers have the best team in the Eastern Conference. Webby, turn up or turn down? Ooh. Um, Like best team on paper? You can take that however you want to take it, Webby. Because I'm going to say this. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that the Sixers have three of the top 15 players in the NBA on their team, okay? I'm of the belief of you get the talent and you figure it out. That's on the coach. That's why you pay the coach. Now, when you line those up, you might have Kyle Lowry and Kawhi. Cool. But then that third player, Siakam's not there yet. Freddie's not there yet. You know, you go to Boston – Kyrie is is Tatum and Brown's not there. Tatum's not there yet. I don't think Hayward's still coming back from the injury. So when you look at it on paper, when you look at it in terms of just straight talent, roster like best roster. Yeah, I would say it it does help that the Raptors have like when healthy the third best player in the league. But I mean, Joel Embiid is an MVP candidate. Like right. Top three MVP candidate right now. I, I mean, that's a squad where you look at it and that's where you need, that's where coaching comes in, right? And I know that sounds like maybe way too simplified, but they have three beasts on their team, right? And so, so who, who would you bring in to coach this team? Who out there would be ready to come in? Because I, I give Brown a lot of, I cut him a lot of slack mm-hmm. for being around in those tough, lean years. Yeah, oh, but definitely. I, but I tend to agree with you that the real, like, we kind of need a better coach, but I just don't know who else is out there. The thing is, I wonder, too, because you're going to need a coach to figure out the fit, right? You're going to need a coach that's adaptable. I'm still surprised that we haven't seen either Jeff Van Gundy or Mark Jackson come back yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I also wonder, will those guys be able to adapt to what the NBA is now? Because the league is so different than when they coached, right? So I'm not even really sure, per se, who that person is. But they got to be adaptable because you got to figure out how these pieces are going to fit because Jimmy Butler, to be maximum potential, kind of needs a ball in his hands. 
But the more that the ball's in Jimmy Butler's hands, the less it's in Ben Simmons's hands. Right. And I don't know how good Ben Simmons is when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. But I think it's a lot easier for Jimmy Butler to play without the ball in his hands. And I thought last night they did a really good job, the, uh, the Sixers did, and Jimmy Butler specifically, of getting him open, getting him cutting to the basket, mm-hmm. so the guys who are the passers on the team can find him. And I think that Jimmy's that kind of worker that I don't think that he needs the ball coming up the court, but I think that he needs the ball in some way, somehow, but he can work his way into getting open to get the ball, if that makes sense. Yeah, I just think, too, it'll take overall, like the reason why I still put the Raptors, like to me this is a different question than who will win the Eastern Conference, you know what I mean? Like I think I the Raptors... I would say, yeah, top to bottom, if you're talking about the whole roster just on paper, I would go with the Sixers. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, I think it's two different questions because I still think the Raptors will go farther than the Sixers. Yeah. But I think the reason being is because at the end of the day, the Sixers are going to need a year for these three guys to kind of really figure out how to play together. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm very interested to see how that plays out. But as of now, yeah, that team, you look at that and you think of how things went. I mean, you're a Sixers guy, so you definitely know how things went in terms of the process, which is brought up so much, right? But you had all these draft picks, right? You had, you know, whether it's Nerlens Noel or Jalil Okafor, Michael Carter-Williams, like all these guys, all these draft picks, year after year after year. Jimmy Butler is an all-star. Right? Like you're taking oh, all yeah. these guys to try to hope that you draft all stars. But cool. Ben Simmons had a great rookie year. JoJo had a great first year of being healthy for the majority of the year. But now you're getting Jimmy. Like to me, that's the piece where it's like, okay, this is real now. Like real, real. You know yeah. what I mean? You're talking so much potential beforehand, but now bringing Jimmy Butler into the fold, this is real if you're talking about NBA Finals aspirations. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, this is the move to make, but I don't think that the process is complete. <laughs> the process is to be trusted because it's always ongoing. Okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so we both appear to turn up on the fact that the Sixers have the best team in the Eastern Conference. Again, people realize this is different than who will okay. win the Eastern Conference. Two different right. things, right? Uh, Moving on to our Feed Me segment, which is, for those unfamiliar, the best things that come across our social media feed from week to week within the NBA, right? So, or I guess within basketball circles, because there's a guy (laughs) that that keeps making some noise and we'll continue to talk about that (laughs) doesn't yet play in the NBA, but he's not far off. But we'll get to that. Oh, man. Starting off the Feed Me segment, or do you want to just go there? We could start there. The way that you said, oh, man, because my Twitter feed was filled with Zion Williamson dunks. Oh, oh man. <laughs> right? Listen, there, it's, it's Duke, <laughs> honestly, right now, uh, every Duke game is must-see television. Yeah. It's, it's the best sporting event right now whenever it's on. Now, the, the only problem was the one the other day was at 1 o'clock on a Sunday. But yeah. And we only had one TV at the place we were staying. And we were going to a football game later that night. So asking to put on the Duke-East Carolina game or whoever they were playing. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think it was like Duke Army or something or Navy or something, right? Yeah, tough ask on a Sunday afternoon. But, man, yesterday I had it on just the screen just for the first half, and oh, my God. It's ridiculous. The dunks are one thing. The dunks are just stupid. He no, had his overall that, like, game is his overall game is incredible. Well, this came across my uh, timeline from the Bleacher Report, and they say Zion's averages after three games are ridiculous. He's thirty-two for thirty-nine from the field, which is eighty-two <laughs> percent. <laughs> like what? That doesn't even make any sense. Thirty-two for thirty-nine from the field. He's shooting eighty-two percent over his first three games. Averaging 25 points and 10.6 rebounds per game. That's not real life, right? No. no, That's oh, crazy. Yeah. And he's 285 pounds. <laughs> so I'm going to keep, we're going to keep going back and forth on this each and every week. We'll check the updates, but who are you taking first? Are you taking Zion or RJ? We're going to keep asking this each and every week to okay. see where it's changing. Because I started with RJ. Yeah, and, <laughs> And even, I'm still on the RJ side, but I can't lie. Zion's making a push right you know, now. Even like, yesterday, I said that RJ Barrett, well, last week I said RJ Barrett is the best Canadian basketball player on the planet. Yeah. If I had the number one pick, I'd still take Zion. It's <laughs> crazy, right? 100%. Who gets him? Okay, we got so that's the That'll be the second part of the question. Who are you taking first, and who gets the number one overall pick? All I'm saying is... All I'm saying is the Cavs do not deserve <laughs> either of these dudes. That's all I'm saying. It's been too much of the Cavs getting like luck atop the draft. Screw that. Dan Gilbert doesn't deserve this. He got LeBron, oh, screwed man. it up, then oh. screwed it up enough to get LeBron again, and then screwed that up <laughs> that LeBron left again. So, no, screw the Cavs. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm just hoping they don't end up on the Cavs. That's it. Basically, anywhere else, I'm here for it. All right, all right, hold on, I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> First of all, it's definitely going to be the Cavs. But, <laughs> but I think that they'd take R.J. Barrett. Oh, I think they're off Canadians. Like, can't you see Dan Gober <laughs> just walking into that well, and being like, nope, point. I'm never taking another Canadian again. That's a very good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, Zion, right? Zion's going to Cleveland. <laughs> Book it? That's what you're saying? Oh, that's, oh that sucks. I want him. I want him to go to the New York Knicks, right? Because I mean, the Knicks are going to do a great job of tanking this season. Yo, I took in a lot of that get, Raptor game. So then they get Ooh. Durant, and then they get Kyrie. So then you're putting out there Kyrie, Durant, Porzingis, and Zion. <laughs> Wait, what did you just do here? Okay, okay. You just created like the greatest NBA 2K game team ever. <laughs> That's amazing. They've got it. If I was the New York Knicks, I would be. Uh, I, I'd kidnap David Fisdale. First of all, <laughs> kidnap him, and I would replace um... him with James Dolan to coach this team. <laughs> I'd be gutting this team because, bro, if they do get one of those top two picks, they've yeah. got the big Latvian coming back. And then they've got all this money that they can spend. And, yeah, come on, bro. Durant, Porzingis, Zion, court. All I'm saying. Do, do you know what's crazy, too? The Bulls are, like, right there as well. And that would be a pretty cool organization for one of those guys to go to as well. But the only thing is, is they, like, the Bulls have taken big guys the last couple of drafts, right? 
Yo, that doesn't matter. <laughs> that yeah, does not matter. We're talking modern NBA, positionless basketball. Give me the best players. I'll figure it out. Give me the guy who's 285 pounds and gets his <laughs> chest at the rim. Yo, it's stupid what Zion Williamson is doing. I guess we should just like plot it out each and every week that our Feed Me segment is going to be just a Zion check-in. Because honestly, that's all I want in my timeline. I don't get, I, like, I, I don't get happier online when than when i see zion highlights <laughs> so good so good uh some other news there's some nba just i guess kind of news and notes type things uh Woj earlier today tweeting out that carmelo and the rockets that time is up it's over uh league sources tell espn anthony will part ways with the team yeah there's no immediate plans a place to 10 time all-star on waivers um they're saying for now, Anthony will remain on the Rockets roster, but will, rejo- but will not rejoin the team. His wisest course of action could be exercising patience and allowing changes in league rosters through trades, injuries, team needs yeah. to create more playing options for him. Yeah. So basically, no, Melo could just be at home chilling. Yeah, he secured the bag long ago, man. Uh, yeah. What he needs to Should do- Melo retire, man? Well... Honestly, if he were to retire, I wouldn't hold anything against him, right? And same. I'm kind of in the same boat of, like, like Melo now is washed for sure, but, like, mm-hmm. I think he's had a great career. I agree. The Melo slander to me I'm not here is for it. so I'm funny. I'm not here for it. It's Dude, just so funny because it's so over the top. The battles you used to have with Kobe back in, like, the mid to late 2000s in the, in the West there? It's just funny to me that, like, we gloss over, like, they made the conference finals, right, and lost to Kobe. And we gloss over it because it happened one year. And, you know, the one year Chauncey was healthy, like, fully healthy, healthy. They had the pieces around. J.R. Smith was, you know, in check, let's say. Ah, right? Even back then, Kmart was, was. No, but you know what I mean? Like, you had a team with Melo, Kmart, and J.R., Right. And like Chauncey's there to keep it all in check for one year with George Carl. Right. Which is another wild card. And, you know, I just feel like now it's been so many years in a row of just throwing mega shade at Carmelo without acknowledging like, yo, the league drastically changed from what it was when those guys entered the league to what it is or what it has been the past like three or four years. Right. And that mid range game that, ISO superstar game is non-existent anymore. So guys like him and D Wade that thrived so much in that, as you mentioned, Kobe shadow that doesn't exist. And now they get painted into this box as if like they're trash. And it's like, yo man, you're talking about a a legit 10 time all-star that played in the Eastern conference. Like he's getting knocked for not succeeding in the Eastern conference when nobody not lame LeBron James succeeded in the Eastern conference for a decade. What was it? Eight years in, in a row he made the finals? So, Is that what it was? He had, what, two really good years on the Knicks? Three really good years yeah. on the Knicks? Yeah, and again, right? Like, there's so much that goes on. And obviously, the big mistake for Melo was, wasn't just was forcing the trade and forcing the Knicks to give up the assets yeah. to get him. When he was going to go you know, there anyway. For sure. And, like, the Knicks just did a poor job because the Knicks have been doing a poor job forever in terms of trying to figure out a team around Carmelo, right? And, like, the best they ever did was stumbling into two weeks of Jeremy Lin, essentially, right? Like, 
Porzingis just wasn't ready. That timeline of him and Porzingis wasn't ready. It was just, you know, the way that Melo's career has gone, I feel bad for him, you know, and I think he should retire. But this talk, like, I don't even get why it's a question of whether he's a Hall of Famer. Like, that to me seems ridiculous that that would even be a question. But I think Melo should retire. That's just me, though. Uh, yeah, like I say, I wouldn't be mad about it. I would like to see him make maybe one more contribution for uh, for a contender, just to see him mm-hmm. play some meaningful basketball again. But I mean, listen, if he retires, I'm not going to be mad. At I hear you. I hear you. Uh, just some more news and notes here. Rajon Rondo's out with a broken hand. He's expected to miss anywhere between three and five weeks. Uh, Lonzo, sticking with the your Lakers. Buy your Lonzo stock now. Lonzo stock going yeah, up. Is that what we're saying? Up. Lonzo Island, baby. <laughs> Sticking with the Lakers. Big news as LeBron James moved past Wilt Chamberlain in the fifth place on the NBA's all-time scoring oh, that's list. That's what I wanted to bring up. Okay. Let's talk LeBron really quickly. Okay. because I'm here for you, Webby. I'm here for you. I got because you. This, obviously, it seems like every game he's passing another milestone. And so now he mm-hmm. passed the still for fifth. All-time scoring, right? Mm-hmm. So, is first of all, is he going to break Kareem's record? Oof. I mean, huh. I think so. I think so because I think he'll play long enough to do it. Um, we're seeing this year at the start of the year, like we were talking about how LeBron isn't trying. And then someone posted his stats and it was like no, no. 27, 6, and oh, 5 or no, something. No, no, It's more incredible than that. I saw this tonight. <laughs> in LeBron James's career. Okay. Okay. He's averaging in his career 27.2 points per game, yep. 7.4 rebounds per game, 7.2 <laughs> assists per game. Okay. Unassailable numbers. Disgusting. This season. Through 14 games, he's averaging 27.6 points per game, (laughs) 7.9 rebounds per game, and the exact same 7.2 assists per game. His numbers this season are almost identical to his career numbers. It's disgusting. how, How crazy is that? It's so weird because we watch the games and you see plays like, was it against no. the Kings? Where no, he, the block on Stauskas was absolutely. No, 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 no. What I, I was going the other way with this. I'm saying we're watching games where you can see that he's not really trying. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but go back and I'm, I'm pretty sure you could search it online. But like type in LeBron's defense and basically someone he's like, he's it's in the half court set and someone tries to dribble drive and kick it out and lebron literally sticks his foot out (laughs) trying to like deflect the ball (laughs) and it's it's basically you would get called out for that defense at the ymca (laughs) (laughs) much less an nba dude and it's lebron james you know what i mean but literally like he's playing with children out there though so of course also true he can do what he wants right like he's that good I give him this. You know, you played so many years in Cleveland. So now if you want to be the star in L.A. and throw no-look passes all game and, like, play up to the crowd, and it's like that is a stage that LeBron James has deserved for his whole career. I disagree. Like, I think that he's trying because he's he's averaging the same as his career numbers. 
So I just think he's that good and that smart so then, that he. Then can, you've got to be telling me that now at age 34, 33, he's not trying, but he's averaging the same amount of points, same amount of rebounds, same amount of assists. <laughs> now, now, so, right now. Yeah. It's crazy. So December 30th, LeBron's going to turn 34, right? Yeah. Now, here's what I'm saying, KYB. I think that he's become so smart in terms of how to use his energy, how to conserve his energy, how to cheat while he's on the floor, that he's not going all out, but he knows when to turn it off, turn it up, pardon the pun, turn it up or turn it down, right? <laughs> For the, the, the people that are fans of the pod. But... I just think that he he's so smart in how he does it, and he picks his possessions where, okay, I'm going to block this shot now because we need a defensive stop. Or, you know, he gets a rebound, and he's going to lead out the fast break because they need a push, they need a run. He's just so good, but you watch him, and his three-point shooting as his career's gone on has improved so much that now you're seeing him walk into deep threes, something that you would never see him do, what, two years ago, three years ago? Right, I think he just becomes so much smarter of a player and figured out how to use his body better during the long grind of the regular season. Because again, it's November 15th right now <laughs> as we're talking about this, right? This is a guy that's, that's just tuned in and, and waiting for the regular seat. Like, he doesn't care if he has right. to play the Warriors in the first round. Does he want to do that? No, of course not. But if they come in seventh or they come in sixth, like, he doesn't care. Basically, anyone but the Warriors, Le you're taking LeBron in that series, no? Yeah, absolutely. Even against the Rockets, I'm taking LeBron oh, in the you, Lakers. You know that I think the Rockets don't even make the playoffs. <laughs> spicy, spicy, do, spicy. Listen, is it LeBron James going to get MVP both this year? Absolutely. Bro, I'm so impressed with that. I was blown away. His numbers are the same. Yo, you said you said Zion's much must see TV. The Lakers have become must see TV for me, and they're on yeah. the West Coast. You're a, you're a night owl. You're a freak. Oh, I'm I'm up. I can't do it. I'm watching. Now, when, I know I don't have to wake up as early as you do, and mind you, like I'm up editing videos of post game shows and uploading and whatever. So like it's my entertainment while I'm like watching the blue bar go by on my computer now, screen of something loading or rendering. When, when but, Duke heads out West for a Maui invitational or man, <laughs> I'm staying up because I got to see time. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. This has been a, a great NBA season so far. The drama just seems to never stop. And you know, we're here to talk about it each and every week, and it's so much fun. And again, for those that missed it, we did get a little peek into the uh, the nature of the podcast that becomes really unpolished and unapologetic as we talked to one Andrew <laughs> Webster on Saturday while he was in Philadelphia, which leads us to how we wrap up each and every week on the Ball on Blast podcast, which is Ask on Blast. And we got a question from Chris, and Chris just wants to ask Webby simply... How was Philly? Oh, Philly was sick. <laughs> so the, uh, the first thing that I'll say is that we like we got just enough outside of Philly that we got uh, we were on the radio. We were like listening to the radio, my buddy and I, and we got just close enough to Philadelphia that Power ninety nine was on the radio dial. So we were like, "Yo," I was like, "Yo, we got to put on Power 99. It's like the 
best hip hop station in the country. And so, yep. like the second song that we heard was Mo Bop. Uh, hold on. Oh, I was gonna say no, Flipside. No. <laughs> Flipside was definitely was definitely uh, on, but Mo Mo Bapa okay. was the second song that we heard. Like when we got, I so I'm super hyped about that. But <laughs> and it was a lot different than I remember because I it, oh. well, like in a good way though. Well, kind of in a mm-hmm. good way because so I I haven't been been back I guess in like five years and I haven't lived there in like fifteen. Years. So okay. when we went down, I went down for a buddy's bachelor party. And so the Saturday night, we got an Airbnb. That's what I was talking to you. We had this Airbnb in this yeah. neighborhood called Fishtown. And Fishtown, when I was growing okay. up, was like, whoa, don't go there. Oh. Yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're going to yeah, yeah, buy yeah. drugs, you're going to get shot. How real is this? Yeah, now <laughs> it's been kind of gentrified, right? So that's where, where a lot okay. of the nice restaurants are, bars are. And then they've kind of like taken the houses and they're these beautiful like row homes and stuff, like big brick, like tall three, four story places. So we had one of those and it was, it was okay. sick and the bars were amazing. And it's getting a little Brooklyn-y because Philly's, Philly's uh, starting to get a little hipster. All right. Okay. Um, but okay. the guys that I went down there with, like my buddies, certainly not. I'm probably the most hipster of the bunch. These are like real, <laughs> okay. like blue collar Philly guys that we went down there with, and we had a friggin' blast. So, so That's Friday amazing. was at my buddy's house. Saturday was at uh, what was down in Fishtown, uh, and then we went out for some revelry. And then Sunday was the Eagles game. Now, unfortunately, the Eagles lost to the Cowboys. But I'll... hold on, do you even remember the game? <laughs> yeah, no, I remember the game. I remember. <laughs> I, I remember everything. That was the other thing is that, like, you know, I'm old now, right? Like, I, okay. I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to hang as as, ba- as bad as I could back in the day. Uh, yeah. Hey, didn't puke once. Let's go. Hey, hey. No, I was drinking plenty of American beer, so it wasn't that crazy. But true. You know how it goes. Very but true. But I'll tell you what was bad was the two-day hangover afterwards. And, <laughs> and as you can tell, I've lost my voice. I came back. Hey, you... I came back, and my voice was shot. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing! That's amazing. It's funny too because I, obviously I had the question beforehand, and so when we came up before we started rolling, I was just like, "Oh man, how is Philly?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, wait, <laughs> save it." <laughs> so it's so good. The best part about all this is now too is that I get to go back in like six weeks for the actual wedding of my buddy. So I, Amazing. I can't wait. So uh, hopefully something else great Philadelphia sports-wise with the Sixers happens when I'm down there again. You give me a call. Right. And by then, I mean, the Jimmy Butler jerseys will be in full circulation by then, right? So they were flying off the shelves, apparently. Apparently online, they were, people were getting them right away. Yo, speaking of, did you see online? So a bunch of the teams have been uh, obviously putting out their new city jerseys. The jerseys are so sick. Did you see the lineup outside their arena? To get the jerseys? To get the jersey at midnight. Did you see they So did midnight, their, they open up the store. Did you see they did their court like that too? Yo, I did. That should legitimately be their, that should be their logo from now on. <laughs> they should just change Yo, it to those colors. Oh, so hype. Yo, picture midnight in Miami. The lineup outside the arena was like 
a block, like multiple blocks of people just waiting in line to buy that new Miami Vice merchandise. It was crazy. Then add in the hype video they had that was set to uh, Phil Collins <laughs> in the air tonight. <laughs> oh, man. Like, they, they did that whole promo thing right. That that jersey's dope. I might cop that jersey, a D-Wade jersey. D-Wade's my guy, no, too. You so. got to get, get waiters. Yeah. <laughs> waiters. Waiters is the jersey to go with. Is he even still there? Yeah, he's still there. But I, <laughs> I think joking. he's got, like, an ACL tear or something. Who knows what he's stealing money? You know, Keep getting them checks, Dion Waiters. I'm not mad at you, Dion Waiters. Keep getting them hey, checks, man. Good Philly guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> Amazing. Ah, uh, so good, Webby. Thanks again. Uh, this was another great episode of the Ball on Blast podcast. But of course, for more of your Philly takes, Webby, where can the people find you? Yo, know, I you catch me. Uh, it's gonna be a long weekend, man. The Eagles got the Saints this weekend, but we we. Listen, Zion is going to be playing at least a couple of games. So I'll be <laughs> online. You can catch me at Twitter, at AWebster84. And on Instagram, same thing, at AWebster84. Holler at me. Anytime, man. Choose some text. People are already, like, I'm sure they're listeners. Just like, you know, you're whack and stuff. It's great. I love it. Give me more of that. Yo, side note. Your picks for NCAA football? Yo, five for five, bro. On Saturday. Hey. hey. Hey, I'm just Make saying. Money, I'm just saying. Make money. What do we have? Hold on, hold on. We had uh, Ohio State minus three and a half against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. That hit. We had the over 55 and a half in TCU West Virginia. That hit. Bama covered 21 and a half against Mississippi State. That hit. Over in Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, the easiest over you could get, over 80. <laughs> that hit. Over 80. And then 21 and a half, BC. Got the points covered against Clemson. Five for five. Let's go. Let's go. So we'll have some more. We'll have some more picks on Saturday. You might want to fade me, though, after that five for five because I'm (laughs) feeling myself right now. Feeling myself. Uh... So good. So good. Uh, And of course, my picks are not that fuego, but you can still find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, this is a Ball on Blast podcast, part of the On Blast podcast network, which you can also find such fun as our Raptors postgame show. It's called Wrap It Up. We do it live on Twitter, again, at Shell Alexander, following each and every Toronto Raptors game. That then becomes a podcast, much like this one, which you can find on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, again, by searching On Blast Podcast. And of course, YouTube. Check us out, On Blast Podcast on YouTube. You'll find all of these things. Click on the link. You'll find all the videos. Lots of fun there. Lots of extra content. Shout out to all the people that enjoy listening to us at work. We've been getting a lot of comments (laughs) about that. Again, not snitches so i'm not gonna mention people's names but shout out to you guys watching at work we appreciate the love keep sending the comments we try to hit you up in the comments and get back to everyone as well so greatly appreciate it and again like i always say and i know it's not just because webby's from philly but i really like beak mill and i appreciate the words because i really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this this is the ball on blast podcast as always unpolished and unapologetic Until next time, see ya. Peace.